Hello, everyone, and I believe this is episode 18, which is now the episode, this, this show can now legally drink in Quebec City, although I don't think they can really do that for a while. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, as always, uh, here here we are. I'm Matthew, and join with me is... Uh... Michael, you guys <laughs> may notice that my voice sounds a little different. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we were kind of... Since we we don't know how long we're going to be doing this online podcast type thing for uh michael investing in a, in a better mic um now it sounds like we were doing the podcast like we were before it honestly does it literally sounds like very high quality so it's like it's good if you didn't know any better it would sound like we were back god god bless these uh quality microphones if you guys are wondering it's a blue snowball they're only like 60 bucks they're really cheap oh yeah definitely a, a great mic uh, i recommend it but on the topic of online podcasts uh as you guys probably just heard i actually just heard on my end um you got a little lag there we're having a little lag spikes today but uh hopefully we can get through it um it's just yeah. one of the one of the obstacles of an online podcast the internet's kind of being wonky today Hmm. what mic are you using by the way um i'm using an audio technica at 2020 i had it before the same one we use at school though uh, in the studios, awesome. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we got good quality now, so we're back and, and rolling. And uh, I gotta ask you, Michael, what have you been doing? I guess we've been on quarantine for over a week now. Um, I guess what have you been doing to keep yourself busy? It's been uh, very interesting. Um, obviously, my desires to go outside every day go up and up, and I've been wanting to go outside for so long. But at the same time, I've been keeping myself busy. Schools just to start it back up for me. We're doing online classes on Zoom. Unfortunately, no funny stuff has happened yet in terms of like meme-worthy material. Um, but when I have downtime, I'm uh, playing video games. I went around and beat Mario Bros. 2 and 3 the other day. And I'm uh, starting to get back into reading the Harry Potter books. Nice, nice. You seem productive. <sighs> I wish I could say the same. Like, I, don't, I really don't have much to do. I mean, isn't it crazy that, like, usually when you're busy, like, you would love to stay indoors and you don't want to. Um, You love, like, just, you know, just procrastinating and just having nothing to do. And then when we're kind of forced into it, <laughs> we want nothing but yeah. to go outside. But stay inside. Everyone has to stay inside for sure. And wash your hands and use hand sanitizer as much mm-hmm. as possible. Mm-hmm. And don't touch your face. <laughs> But uh, I don't know. I've been I've been doing like a lot of the same, you know, um, a lot of video games. Um, Animal Crossing just came out. I don't know if you did you get it. I have I, not gotten it you yet. Have to but get it, it looks really fun. Everyone's playing it. Everyone's playing. It. You have you have to get it. It's been keeping me occupied for a lot of the time. Um, been playing other games. Started uh, Pokemon Pearl. Going back. Um, yeah, and just uh. Just kind of keeping myself busy there, spending time with family since we're all stuck indoors, things like that. Oh, no, of course. Yeah, there's been uh, a bit of an adjustment curve for me, for sure, in terms of trying to keep myself busy. But uh, oh, yeah, I'm, the great thing is, is that we live in a, a perfect time to deal with uh, such a situation where it's not clear how long we're going to be uh, stuck at home for. Because with the Internet and technology being as advanced as it has been, um, there's so much we can do with our spare time and it's clear that we both have found ways to make the most of it, even if it's not the best circumstance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, I don't know how long this might go for, but we just have to, 
keep ourselves busy, you know? <laughs> yeah, I've, exactly. I've been playing, like, so many video games. Like, what, what, what games would you recommend for me? I feel like um, we talk about video games so much, honestly. <laughs> well, I've been playing a lot of old school games on my uh, Nintendo Switch. Uh, that's oh, why yeah. I said I beat Mario Bros. 2 and 3. There's this app that lets you play free NES and SNES games mm-hmm. if you have an account with uh, Nintendo. What I recommend you guys do is, uh, if you have don't have an account already, get one and then get this app that lets you play these uh, these old school games because there's so many to choose from and it's a great way to kill time. That's what I've been doing uh, after Mario Bros. 2 and 3. I'm trying to play uh, Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. And oh, I got I a good Link progress in that one. Yeah, That's it's a really good, a good game. game. I love I know, all, right? the, all, all the Legend of Zelda games. Breath of the Wild is one of the best games. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, man. I, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I need to start those retro games. Like, I have um, both of the apps, but I just haven't dabbled into it. Still playing through, you know, current Switch games. Um, I don't know. I've been playing a lot of Chell. Um, I don't know. You know what's crazy? I see a lot of uh, teams doing the whole playing chell and, and and kind of live tweeting and, and things like that and I, f- I found that so interesting what about you yeah no i i think that's a fun way to get fans interacting uh with their uh the teams in creative ways for sure because uh who knows how long this pause is going to be going on and uh we don't even know if regular season games are going to be played so it's a good way of like what if scenarios of uh what would happen if um these uh these teams are resuming uh play and uh, like what would happen if the games went on like in uh, you know like a parallel universe that play resumes you know oh yeah for sure and uh it's, it's pretty interesting like isn't it crazy how we could just do so much with video games now like it's really convenient especially in a time like this Mm-hmm. absolutely oh yeah um so i mean there's not again we're still a sports podcast, so we're going to talk sports, but there's not a whole lot to talk about, so we're going to get creative here. But, um, I mean, first I want to talk about uh, the NHL, of course. There's been a, a little a little bit of update in the in the league. So, Michael, I know you know a lot more about it right now, about the update that we heard this week. Yeah, there is um, a lot of talks about what's going to be happening with uh, sports leagues uh, now that uh, the pause is continuing to go on and it, there's no clear end in sight. To when it's going to end. Um, I saw a tweet earlier this morning that said that the NHL is preparing for various scenarios, which includes having playoff games go all the way into September. And uh, my thing is that you have to be prepared for every possible scenario in terms of um, when uh, what you're going to do with uh, play resuming and uh, how long this pause is going to go on because everything that's been happening is unprecedented and everything is moving so fast. Um, my thing is that, um, you just got to be prepared for every possible scenario. And I think this is the one way the NHL is doing it because in my honest opinion, I would much rather have a Stanley cup champion awarded this year because it'd be such a sad way for the season to end. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just, could you just break down what they're proposing? Obviously we know that they do want to go into, into September. Do you have any other details about the structure of the season? um like for for this season or next season this season this season um well it's hard to say because they are um one of the proposals is uh just like like we were talking about before is starting the season uh like up again with the playoffs right away and 
the way that they would want to do it is in a way that would not interrupt a next season. Like they want to have next season being played as far as I agree with that sentiment. But that would mean that next season's start is going to be delayed exponentially in a way that hasn't been seen in such a long time. Like I know back in the day, NHL's games used to start in December, but that would mean this time potentially 2020, 2021 would start in November. If, for example, that uh, the NHL season were to resume and uh, plays w- the playoffs would start in, like, let's say, August or something. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we, we kind of spoke about this last episode because it was brought to our attention through, uh, I guess, the NHL's player association. Um, they kind of did talk about how the players did propose you know, starting the season. Well, they want first, they wanted to play the season out um, as much as they could possibly starting in July. But um, they did suggest, you know, playoffs in uh, August and in September and then off season in October and then start in November. So um, I think both of us shared the opinion that that would be the way to go. Um, given the fact that, you know, if they have to, then, then delaying the season next season is probably their best choice. And uh, it sucks if they have to, I guess, cancel the rest of the uh, the season, the remainder of the games. But if they have to jump right into playoffs, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think, yeah, like you said, just salvage the season and the, 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 the championship um, as long as you could. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's what's really important for these sports leagues. It's that they want to have a championship being awarded because, especially for the NHL, they had a scenario in 20, 2005, 2006 where no Stanley Cup was awarded, and that was because of money. And uh, they've already had a lockout uh, not too long ago that uh, cut the season significantly short. So to have some of these things happen so close to one another, I think they would not want that to happen. So it's I, I think it would be in the NHL's best interest and all sports leagues' best interest, uh, the big ones, of course, to have some sort of resolution. And I know that some other sports league, like let's say the CHL and uh, we saw with the ECHL, they kind of had no choice because money is hard to come by with these sports leagues. So like they had no choice but to cancel. So I think these big ones, the big four ones would want to uh, find a way to make this work. A hundred percent. And um, I, I like how you mentioned the uh, lockout season that we had just a few seasons ago, I believe in uh, 2013. Um What's interesting about that one is uh, they started the season in January, and uh, I mean that 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 season still played out, even though it was you know half a season, it still played out just as fine. And uh, if they're proposing for next season to start in November, I mean at least it's not January, and we've been through you know a shortened season that started in January and everything came out fine. So if if a season starts in November, like I feel like that that that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And uh, like just like I said, just find a way to make this work because the last thing we want is to have the season uh, ended prematurely and with no resolution. But like either way, we're going to have some things being neglected. Like how many potential storylines can you come up with that are going to be negatively impacted by this this pause that's going to take away from uh, from play? Oh, for sure. And I was thinking about that... Um today and i know you were as well i mean the first one that comes to mind is austin matthews won't even 
have a chance to reach 50 goals or, or even, I mean, he was making a case for, you know, the Maurice Rocket, Richard Trophy, uh, most goals scored in the league uh, for this season. And, and we won't get to see it played out fully. So um, as it stands, we wouldn't see him, you know, even reach 50 goals. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what really hurts. And you, I tweeted that out this, uh, this morning about how Matthews not hitting 50 goals is uh, something that really uh, hurts because he was so close to doing it. And he was most definitely on pace to uh, not only pass that mark, but to potentially have the most goals at least had ever scored in a season, which is crazy to think about. But also at the same time, it's pretty, pretty sad that no Leaf has ever hit that high of a goal mark. I mean, I, I, I saw that I saw a, a fact. I, I didn't double check the, uh, I guess I didn't fact check it fully, but it said that uh, the, the the Leafs only had like three uh, 50 goal scores since um, since 1918 and 1919, and none of them are in the uh, Hall of Fame. So I mean, the Leafs needed that like a, a 50 goal score to kind of just you know go off one season and this season was supposed to be that season for Austin Matthews and it's, it's unfortunate that possibly he won't even get to play the the remainder of the season some f's in the chat some f's in the chat but what matters in the end i guess is that uh is that you know the, the leafs can at least compete for a stanley cup yeah if, if if this play were to resume the leafs would be in a playoff spot and they would be playing the Tampa Bay Lightning and that's what it looks like it's going to be and that'd be a very fun series, assuming it actually happens, of course. That would be a very fun series. And um, the Leafs matched up well against the Tampa Bay Lightning, um, especially in the last few games. So, I mean, it's better than uh, seeing Boston, you know, once again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, yeah. I mean, they can meet Boston in a later round, but just not in the first round. Just give the first round uh, to the Leafs for once, you know. <laughs> give them a chance. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking about how, does does this affect the MVP race? I feel like this year's MVP race is pretty uh pretty close and um there's a number of names that that that's up there for MVP and, and the fact that you can't play out the rest of the season, do you think it affects the MVP race? I mean, since the majority of the season had been played and what was there like no more than twelve games that teams had to play, like the, the the MVP race was more or less uh, determined, right? And it had to it has to be Leon Dreisaitl. Oh yeah, Leon Dreisaitl is definitely my lock for um, the MVP uh, for the Hart Trophy right now. But I'm just I was just wondering, like, how does this affect you know other players who are at the top? Obviously, like Panarin, McKinnon, Pasternak, um, even McDavid. How does this affect their cases for MVP? Given the fact that the remainder of the season might not be played and and they could have used that those games to like boost their case you know um well i mean it's just because of the situation that we're in right now it's uh we kind of have no choice but to just uh assume that uh the players that were in the lead were going to maintain their leads and like you just have to take that into account because Obviously, there's going to be some players that are going to be upset, like, oh, man, I came so close to potentially winning this award, and I'm not going to get that second chance because play was stopped. Um, I know Ovechkin probably like, oh, man, I want the 50 goal. <laughs> and he's been through the situation before with lockout-shortened seasons and uh, 
his first season was supposed to be 2004-05, but that got uh, taken away because of the lockout. So a player like Ovechkin's been through this, so he'd probably understand that it's just it's whatever for this case. So you just got to, like I said, obviously it sucks because of the circumstance. You have to take it in stride and just deal with it. Man, but I mean, yeah, it is whatever, but it just makes me think like um, all those games Ovechkin missed or even the, you know, the parts of the season or he missed a whole season, of course, his rookie season was supposed to be the lockout season. Um, I wonder if he didn't miss any of those, right, like the shortened seasons, um, how many goals would he have right now? Like how close would he be to being number one? So yeah, it's hard to way. say. You never know, but he, and he's 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 still on pace to uh, potentially uh, catch up with uh, Gretzky, so it's still entirely possible. But like at the same time, these are unprecedented circumstances that put that uh, put a stop to his uh, goal scoring uh, prowess for sure. And like I said, like was with Austin Matthews, like he was his first healthy season uh, since his rookie season, and he was put. Uh, coincidentally on pace to hit 50 goals is that gonna happen again we don't know i mean let's we hope have no idea let's hope he's a pro- prolific goal scorer for the rest of his career Knock on wood <laughs> but that's what i'm saying you never know with these kind of things and that's why it just sucks that uh play stop for, for this reason and like for all these players i don't oh man i think we lost michael again <laughs> so our internet's uh being kind of uh, wonky right now so we'll be right back we're gonna take a quick break and be right back um we'll catch you guys soon so we're back um after that break uh we were having some internet some internet troubles uh it's pretty tough on uh doing an online podcast but we're figuring it out yeah that's the challenges of uh, working remotely uh if one person's internet goes down the whole thing uh, goes down the tube so we're figuring things out, so don't worry. For sure, for sure. But, uh, I mean, it's a convenient time because we were going to wrap that whole NHL talk up anyways. We really only had those two storylines <laughs> about Austin Matthews and, uh, I guess, uh, the MVP race. Uh, do you have any other, I guess, what-ifs that um, this halt to the season could be affecting? Um, I think what well, we were we've been talking all year about the Edmonton Oilers and like how they were surprising everyone with the season that they've been having. So I guess you wonder what kind of year they would have had if play were to uh, like if if the season where it gets canceled, like what happens with them? Like what what was their uh, what did we miss out on? Kind of thing. Like what that's was, one. What was their ceiling? Yeah. They were really heating up too. Or how about Detroit and how like historically bad their <laughs> season was? Like how much worse could it have gotten? Honestly, if I I feel like Detroit fans are just grateful it's over, <laughs> or <laughs> it's supposedly over for now. Um, yeah, they might be a little thankful for that if anything. But um, hey, I mean that kind of segues into my next uh the next topic right now because Detroit is looking like they could be winning you know the draft lottery and get uh Alexi Lafreniere. Um, and that brings me into the next topic. Uh, we. This, this week we got the news that the, the entire CHL season and the playoffs and uh, the Memorial Cup, they're all going to be canceled um, no matter what because, of course, that's supposed to occur, um, you know, like now, like next next month, and then Memorial Cup's supposed to be in May. Um, so 
with that timeline, it's almost impossible to push it back, especially with how much, um, I guess, coordination has to go down. And obviously there's a lot of technicalities, but how does this affect the draft and things like that? How unfortunate do you think it is? Well, like I was saying earlier, um, one of the big implications of uh, smaller sports leagues like the CHL is that they don't have enough money and resources to survive a long pause such as this. So it obviously sucks for a lot of these players, especially those who are in their last or fourth year. Like they won't get a chance to see their season end because the circumstances prevented from happening. But at the same time, when it comes to the draft, um, I feel like a lot of the scouting report had been finished already. A lot of scouts probably had a good idea of what the players were going to go in the upcoming draft. Obviously, Alexei Lafreniere seems to be going first overall, unless something oh, yeah. drastic happens. But I mean, but again, with like playoffs and the Memorial Cup, especially, that's like the chance, the big, the big stage for players to really shine. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, we know that the top is kind of solidified, but in you know, in the in the mid first round to end of first round, uh, that's that's where it's really like a wild card thing, and players were hoping to like you know have have uh big games in the playoffs and uh kind of boost their boost their cases for the draft yeah and that's what i'm saying like it's unfortunate circumstances that prevented it from happening but the beauty thing is that like i was saying since most of the season had been played already scouts have a good idea of what these players are going to be like and obviously it sucks for those who wanted to play in the memorial cup and get a shot at uh potentially upping their stock but like I was saying, with these unprecedented circumstances, you got to deal with what the cards are dealt and oh, yeah. uh, figure out a way to make it work. Hundred percent, I I definitely agree with it. Uh, I do want to mention though. Uh, I mean, since the season ended, uh, Nick Robertson, the Leafs prospect, has officially claimed the scoring title, the the goal scoring title for the the OHL. So is that the <laughs> first time a Leafs prospect has done that? Um, in such I, a long time, I have to double check this. Um, I believe Connor Brown might have as well. Uh, what year was his final year? Let me just check his uh OHL stats. Oh, yeah, but... that I remember for sure. Mm-hmm. Connor Brown lit it up uh in the OHL. Uh, I don't remember if that was if he won the scoring title in that or he just scored a crazy amount of goals. Yeah, I, I remember that. That was a crazy year for him. Oh yeah. And we were, it was it came out of nowhere too because if I remember correctly, in his first season he posted some pretty mediocre numbers. I mean, not mediocre as in like oh this guy. People were like questioning if this guy can actually uh, have success. And then he had that season that he had, and it really raised his stock. And he ended up climbing the Leafs' uh, prospect ladders, so it really did help his stock for sure. Yeah, and it's those things like that, um, and definitely playoffs. Uh, Scouts will obviously would be watching, but now they're not going to be watching the playoffs. So, I mean, sad to see that, I guess, the season get canceled and the playoffs get canceled and these players not really get the full opportunity to um, kind of make their case. And I, I do feel bad for the players who are on the kind of the bubble of being drafted and not being drafted, who were really looking forward to, you know, that final push and really stepping it up in the in the, on the big stage and, and getting their name across uh to scouts more um i don't know how it's gonna affect them now too yeah 
it's uh it's, you gotta figure things out for the scouts and you also have to keep in mind we don't even know when this draft's gonna happen because the draft is supposed to be happening in late june and there's uh no plans at the moment for uh potentially rescheduling it or even uh, having the draft uh done behind closed doors or even like doing it making it close to the public kind of thing like these are all sort of situations that uh have to be answered in the coming weeks because it's yes this coronavirus uh, situation could go away just as quickly as it's emerging in our lives but at the same time you have to be prepared for uh, what's happening next and uh we'll we'll see what happens i'm very interested to see what happens with the scouting report and uh if the final one comes out uh, in the coming days if it hasn't already oh yeah 100 percent um we'll just have to see we'll have to see how uh everything kind of plays out um and yeah i mean that's that's that and we can't really do much about it uh there is some uh, interesting hockey news from uh, last night i'm not sure if you saw this but kyle clifford is rumored to be uh wanting to come back to the leafs and Leafs yep. are interested in that as well i definitely what heard are your that. thoughts um i actually i do like that i definitely want kyle clifford back on this team um but the contract has to be a reasonable contract because we don't want the Leafs to be making the same mistake they made with Matt Martin um, years ago. Definitely, we see the value now in a, of course, a tough guy, uh, enforcer type uh, player, but you don't want to break the bank for that type of player. I totally agree with that. And my thinking is that if you're going to sign Kyle Clifford to an extension, it has to be somewhere under $2 million a year. Because while he does provide some value, his value isn't really on the offensive uh, side of things, even though he can provide some uh, offense every now and again. And that's the same thing with Matt Martin. It's a locker room presence that's really important. But you also have to keep in mind that your salary cap is very important, so keeping the price down under $2 million is going to be very important, at least for me. Salary cap is so important. And, I mean, hey, if GMs want to use this time to get the extensions done, then so be it. But... I definitely would like him on there. I, uh, fi- the Leafs finally addressed that kind of, you know, that uh, toughness uh, problem, which a lot of us kind of accepted that the Leafs did need a bit more toughness, and that and he brings that. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't break the bank with it. Uh, I don't know how much he's going to ask or if he's going to try to use that the Leafs' lack of toughness as a, uh, I guess, as a way to negotiate a, a better contract for himself, but. If I were the Leafs, yeah. How much? How much would you want? Like uh, two million? I'd, I'd do. T- you, I think you said two million maximum. Yeah. Yeah. But it's on somewhere under two million dollars would be uh, preferred because you have to also keep in mind too that they already just re-signed uh, Jake Muzzin and they want to make sure that they have enough money for other aspects of the roster. And I know people keep saying, "Oh, maybe the Leafs use a little bit more, not just Kyle Clifford, but." also have Kapanen do that. But what if they need one more player to do to fill that void? You need to have enough money to, to get a guy like that if uh, such a player comes up again oh, and yeah. need to be available for that. We also Actually, have... it's interesting. Since I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, no worries. Since, you meant, since I mentioned Jake Muzzin, I'm reading here a tweet from Roger Dickland. Uh, this may be... Uh, I don't know how, how accurate this is, but Jake Muzzin is making in, in big influence on Clifford wanting to stay in Toronto. So... Take that for what you will. Really? Yeah. I, I, I definitely would want Clifford um here. Uh I'm actually reading that tweet right now. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. Uh <laughs> but 
Roger Dickland, he says that the potential extension would be three years close to $2 million per year. Um, would you want him for three years? Well, what is he, 29 right now? Let me check that. So much checking. I know he's pretty young for a guy of his yep, position. He's twenty he's twenty nine. Okay. So that'll take him till he's thirty two or thirty three, if I'm not mistaken. So somewhere in that ballpark, you're still getting him for the last bit of his prime years. Yeah, and, and you're not you're not you're not paying him essentially to score goals or anything, so I mean, you might see a decline in that, but as long as he's playing that enforcer role that he was brought into play, that's what matters. Yeah. The only thing that I worry about, though, is with power forwards or physical players in the NHL, their skills drop off considerably after uh, age 30. So that's one thing we have to keep in, keep an eye on with uh, Kyle Clifford sticking around long term. So if he gets hurt, just just uh like gets hurt or skills drop off a lot that's gonna be really hard to get rid of and not as many teams are gonna be as willing to eat up that salary even if it is under two million dollars a hundred percent um i would yeah i would do like a two-year contract uh, honestly um but it's interesting to see um i guess that that kind of become a thing and i do want to bring up about the salary cap we have to remember that the leafs also have to sign uh, a number of defensemen, um, especially with, you know, Tyson Berry walking, most likely. Um, thankfully, they signed Jake Muzzin, so that you check one off the list there. But uh, they still have to do a lot of work on the blue line, which is where a lot of the salary cap is going to go. So all the other forwards, um, they kind of have to be a little more, bit more careful with how they're allocating their money. No, of course, yeah. And... Like I was saying, with physical players typically uh, declining in skills rapidly after a certain point, uh, if these players, like I said, go down substantially in talent, then you need to find a way to replace that. And physical players are harder to come by these days. So it's just best to keep them young, but at the same time, keep your options open because you never know. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so, I mean, with that, we could move into, I want to move into some basketball talk. Um, yeah, that's there's, fun. There's been uh, there's been some updates, but before we get to the updates, um, today is uh, Kyle Lowry's birthday. Happy birthday, Kyle Lowry! Happy birthday, Kyle Lowry! And I want to talk about: Would you say Kyle Lowry is the greatest Raptor of all time? That is a very tough question because I would say, just in terms of his impact on the team, yes, he made a huge impact during his time here. He played for such a long uh, period of his career, and some of his best moments were as a Toronto Raptor. But if we're talking about like pure players that were talented, I I can't say he is because you look at players like Kawhi Leonard, of course, like that's probably the biggest example. Like he's for sure in terms of talent, pure talent, he's probably the best player the Raptors have ever had, and he did his role, which is bringing a championship to Toronto. But then again. If you're talking just about impact on the team, he can't fit that criteria because he only played for one season. Of course. Um, that's that's easily the most, uh, I guess, the most the popular take. Um, I would say he is the greatest Raptor of all time. But let me, let me, let me tell you about the distinction here. Uh, I saw a lot of somebody put it this way. Um, Kyle Lowry is the greatest Raptor. 
and Kawhi Leonard is the greatest player to play for the Raptors, talent-wise. It's 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 basically talent versus impact. Of course, Lowry is like he's a he's a Raptors legend because of how long he's played here, what he's done in his time, and Kawhi Leonard, talent-wise, is the best player to play for the Raptors. What Absolutely. do you think of that? What do you think of I, that? Like, I, I, that's it's kind of what I was implying. Like, mm-hmm. in terms of just overall impact on the team and just what he did for the city and just how long he was there, I think Kyle Lowry has to be the greatest Raptor of all time. Mm-hmm. But it's like I was saying before, he's I wouldn't say he was like the greatest in terms of talent level, and that's no that's no knock on him. He is a talented player, but some of the best players, like besides Kawhi Leonard, have to be Demar Derozan. Or Vince Carter or Chris Bosh, even like these are some excellent players, and they're definitely comparable, or maybe even slightly better, just in terms of their overall impact. Some of them, at least, I can't say all of them for sure. Oh, for sure, for sure, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I, I'm completely with you there, and I would give, I would give Lowry the distinction of greatest Raptor. Uh, I guess the mm-hmm. all-time great, yeah considering how long he stayed if he if he was to leave in free agency or they let him walk or they trade him does that title hold up yes because remember kyle lowry was part of that championship winning squad and he's been with the raptors since uh 2012 so that's now eight years since he's arrived so yes because he has that championship and that long uh the tenure and some of his best years were as a Toronto Raptor. Plus, he also won a gold during his time as a Raptor for the Olympics. Yeah, he definitely fits that criteria, even if he leaves. Of course. So that's why here I wanna I wanna hear what who do you think are your top five Raptors? Top five Raptors all time. Okay. All time. So if we're just talking about it's pure definitely impact, it's hard. It's definitely hard. It's it's a hard okay. ranking. So if we're talking about just pure impact on the city, on the city and the team as a whole, has to be Kyle Lowry, then Vince Carter, then DeMar DeRozan, um, Kawhi, Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh. Okay, I think those five are unanimously the five that everyone chooses. So I'm with you there. I'm trying to think. It's it's all about the order of where you put them. So for me, it yeah. would be definitely Kyle Lowry first. Um, for me, it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, I I definitely want to put Vince Carter second. And for me, it's tough. Do I put Kawhi ahead of DeRozan or DeRozan ahead of Kawhi? And I would honestly put, I don't know. I feel like once DeRozan was traded away, a lot of the fans have started to see his impact was big, but you know, I Mm -hmm. feel like it kind of the impact that everyone thought he had on the Raptors kind of almost decreased in a way. Um, I would put Kawhi third, DeRozan fourth, and then Bosch fifth. And I think Siakam is going up there too. Yeah. Absolutely. Siakam is in a very similar vein as uh, Tracy McGrady right now, probably. Mm, that's, that's, that's a very interesting uh, observation there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think of that. <laughs> McGrady would definitely be in your top ten, probably, and mm-hmm. uh, but obviously he didn't stay long. And in a similar vein, 
Pascal Siakam. If we're if we're ranking it now, right now, Pascal Siakam hasn't played that long, but he's played like one of the best Raptors um, so far. I think he's definitely on that trajectory. Oh, um, for sure. I wouldn't say he's he's anywhere close to being number one, but I think given that I put we I think we both put Chris Bosh in number five. I think there's a scenario within a few years' time where Siakam's in the top five in this mm-hmm. uh, this list because there doesn't have like if he stays for i mean let's hope he stays with the raptors for his whole career but it seems like the fact that we put chris bosh there if pascal siakam was to just stay like five years or more with the raptors and and play the way he's been playing he'll catapult himself probably into the top four absolutely and since he already has that nba championship and his play has been improving and he was in the conversation this year for MVP. Who knows what uh, his ceiling is going to be because it keeps changing each and every year, it seems. And it definitely wants, like, it definitely makes me think about, again, with what we're missing out on this season, especially the NBA season, because the Raptors are rolling and how is Pascal Siakam doing? Obviously, re- as of recently, he was a little inconsistent, but um, he's really becoming his own player, coming into his own. And I really wanted to see you know, how he'd end the season off, especially. Yeah. And even with the uh, playoffs, like since the Raptors were already in the playoffs, like this, this season was a huge, huge opportunity for him to really cement himself as the guy in Toronto, because like Kawhi just left. Lowry's getting older. Siakam is, is, is going on the rise as we've, we've already established. This was his moment to really put the foot down and say, this is my team, this is my city, I'm t- I'm the guy now, kind of thing. And I think a playoff run was going to cement that. 100%. To wait to even happen. Like, all everything that's been happening is just, like, out of their control. 100%. Um, again, as, as with every kind of league we talk about with this uh COVID-19 outbreak um and the whole pause uh, of course it's out of our control so it, it just sucks to see you know these narratives and these things come to a sudden halt or, or possibly an end and we just have to skip over some things but of course it's out of our it's out of our control absolutely so I do want to ask I want to finish off this whole Kyle Lowry part about what would you say is your favorite Kyle Lowry moment? Oh, there's a lot of moments to choose from. Honestly, um, I think the first one for me, and I, I think a lot of people would say it is his uh, buzzer beater half court shot um, against Miami. Uh, mm-hmm. And was it 2016? I believe. Yeah. When they went all the yeah. way to the Eastern conference finals, that was, that was yes. an insane shot. And I think that's a very memorable moment. I totally agree with you on that. Um, I think another moment for me would be uh, his start to Game Six of the NBA Finals. Oh yeah, because I think that was probably his signature moment, in my opinion, because he had a pretty rough ending to Game Five, and there were some questions about whether how much of a role he did in the Raptors uh, potentially losing that game uh, to Golden State and uh, just missing on a chance to to clinch the title on on in Toronto. But he responded extremely well to start the next game. Like, with, what was it, 10 points on his first couple of shots? Or maybe even more. I can't remember the number. Oh, yeah. He, uh, I, don't, I don't know the exact stats, but he really went off in the, fir- uh, in the first quarter, especially. 
Um, he was scoring mainly all the, I think he scored the Raptors first three buckets. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's crazy because Kyle Lowry is, he's one of the most slandered players in the NBA. Like people really, you know, he's really, I would say underrated because a lot of people like to, um, of course, uh, I guess disrespect him in some ways and, and underrate him in some ways. And, um, to see him obviously, uh, persevere past all that and really play well, especially on the biggest stage where people say, you know, the, 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 the narrative before was that he, and I guess DeRozan, that, that DeRozan and Lowry Raptors, they would choke. And just to see him finally, you know, perform at the highest stage, it was, is something really nice. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that those, these two moments that we've talked about are probably going to be the ones that Raptors fans will always remember for the longest time. Like even with the, the, the not so pleasant ones, because he had a chance to win the, the first round series in 2014 against the Nets, but his shot got blocked right at the buzzer by Paul Pierce. And, and um, again, game uh, five yeah. of the NBA finals, he had a chance to win it and uh, hit the, uh, the side of the backboard. Um, but he, he was blocked, but yeah, he's definitely, um, he's definitely the greatest Raptor. And so just want to say happy birthday to Kyle Lowry. And I think just before we move on, um, I think the one thing we can, we can summarize about Kyle Lowry is that when he had a moment that he was on the low line, he would always respond extremely well. The next chance he had to uh, redeem himself. So I think that that's the kind of uh, player you want to have that when something bad happens to them, they shake it off and then respond with in a big way mm-hmm. so kyle lowry most definitely is the greatest raptor of all time and i hope he has a great birthday today 100 percent. um and then uh i guess in other nba news um there hasn't been much it's very similar to hockey where the i guess the format of the rest of the season is still very much up in the air um but one report that did come out um is that players uh are the um i guess the owners league executives want to finish the season no matter what they want to salvage the season and have a championship no matter what and i think i i I believe it also includes they want to finish the regular season if they can so um the fact that we have some i guess perseverance from them uh gives us hope that somehow in one way or another they will finish the season and finish the playoffs yeah and like i was saying earlier i believe these sports leagues want everything they can do to make sure that a championship has been awarded so they willing to uh this out as long as but having ship decided uh, this year is commendable on their part about it this way we are currently in the middle of the off season right now with this long pause and uh play being uh just pushed off to the side because of having to deal with a major health crisis. So if you treat it, if you think of it that way, then we're in the, like I was saying, we're in the middle of the off season. So why not? Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, and then in other NBA news, um, a lot more players have been testing positive for coronavirus. Um, a few of the uh, Brooklyn Nets, particularly Kevin Durant, came out that Kevin Durant tested positive. And uh, I know you mentioned that this happened actually 
right after our podcast last week so we weren't able to include it in the podcast but i know you mentioned that uh drake hung out with kevin durant and uh there's a possibility that he could have gotten it but he went into self-isolation we haven't heard anything about that so i'm assuming he's safe which is good yeah and uh there's a few ottawa senators players that potentially caught the coronavirus as well i'm not sure if you uh, mentioned that Mm -hmm. oh yeah um wasn't it confirmed that it was uh nikita zaitsev um, it was a report from a Russian reporter. Was but, it? Uh, the was team, it confirmed like, a Russian, or not? It a Russian reporter reported it, but uh, it hasn't been officially confirmed by the team. And I think they're just keeping the information uh, com- like confidential just to protect the player's identity or of something course. like that. Of course, of course. So, uh, yeah. So it might not have been Nikita Zaitsev. That was just the report. Um, but of course, all everything is kind of confidential right now uh, as well. We know the. Uh, a few 76ers staff members tested positive to Lakers. Again, um, they're not saying who or which Lakers tested positive for it, but we do know that two Lakers tested positive. And also Marcus Smart of the um, Boston Celtics. Yeah, and I believe it was Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. like I was saying, like this this whole situation has been going on, going accelerating at a rapid rate. Like all the number of cases has been, uh, like really going off the rails right now. Like what is it right? Now? I'm looking at this app called COVID nineteen tracker. It it just keeps track of uh, the number of cases that are uh, have currently been confirmed. It's right now four hundred sixty three thousand, um, and I'm seeing the total number of recoveries are one hundred twelve thousand. So. This, this, this disease is, is obviously a serious threat, and we should not take it lightly. But I feel like at the same time, there's a possibility that this, this thing could uh, go away just as quickly as it's creating in our lives. But at the same time, like we said earlier in the episode, okay, stay safe and wash your hands because you never know. 100%, 100%. And that's all we can really do. And that's why we have to make sure that we're all practicing social distancing. We're all staying home stay inside and just just do it for a few weeks until this all blows over yes exactly because the last thing you want to do is put yourself in a comp in a a bad situation that affects that affects not not only your health but the health of uh, the people you care about the most of course um so with that do you have any other sports uh news or talk you want to talk about you want to discuss um i guess we could talk about um what what will happen what do you think we should next season should be like like how would you would you format the schedule and because there was talks with the mlb about this season having uh double headers Mm -hmm. and they because they want to have a full 162 game season and they said okay if that's the case we'll, we'll do double headers every night and someone was suggesting let's make it seven seven inning games only just for this year i wonder what your thoughts on ways to uh affect the MLB season but also how would you uh, format next season schedule I mean hmm. I I do feel like the doubleheader idea is good Um, the MLB is an interesting case because they haven't even started their season they don't have to they're they're not feeling like they have to push anything back um, other than the start so if they can make up that time of course with doubleheaders and things like that it would help, but I don't know if I like the idea of, you know, shortening the actual game. I feel like the game and the rules of the game should 
try and, and stay the same, which includes playing the entire nine innings. Um, and MLB has uh, done shortened seasons first time they have to play a short season. Sorry, um, can you just you can be, just uh, report very mindful. You, can you just repeat that? Yeah, it just kind of cut out there. Yeah, my signal lost there too. No worries. Um, just gonna wait a second while my okay. Um. In 1995, after the uh, the player strike canceled the season, the uh, MLB had a shortened start to their season. So it's not unprecedented for them to just have a smaller schedule of games. It's like we were saying, it's unprecedented times, so you have to be mindful of that. And I appreciate them wanting to play 162 games because that's just the way it has been. It's like, oh, it's like nothing happened. But... I think it's better to have shortened, shortened seasons because you have to remember right now the uh, spring training was cut short. The players still need to get their uh, their legs loosened up before they can play a marathon of games. And I think it's just it makes the most sense to uh, have the season uh, shortened right now because there's really nothing they can do, especially if they want to award a World Series championship this year. 100%. I think, I think that... Uh... Honestly, um, like I would love for them to get creative in all sports and baseball, basketball, hockey, but I think simply put, and I wouldn't mind seeing this in all the sports, the easiest way is just to shorten the regular season and keep the playoffs intact because let's be real, the playoffs are what really matters. Um, the NHL and the NBA, if they do start next season in November, you're only really missing about a month of play. Um, shortening the season to what? 65, 70 games isn't that bad. And I wouldn't mind, uh, you know, a 60 to 70 game uh, season and then just starting uh, the playoffs normally, playing it out normally and on time. And then the season afterwards will just kind of fix itself in terms of scheduling, start on time in October and everything will kind of sort itself out. Same with baseball, just a, a shortened regular season slightly. And uh, like I was saying before, like for the NHL and the NBA, if their emphasis on trying to make sure that the uh, season isn't impacted and they don't want to have less than 82 games next year, then what they can do is, uh, like we were talking about, um, just start the season early, start the season later, have the have next season start end at a later time, have a shortened off-season, and then just resume things as normal going forward. What do you think of that? Yeah, I do I do agree, 100%. Um, but I don't know. We'll just have to see. I, I really do. It's, it's all just speculation right now. But, uh, of course, I think going forward, just shortening the season would be the easiest thing we can do. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's really the only uh, situ- the only uh, possible uh, scenario that you have, because really? uh, I would like I like we were I think the major takeaway here is that it's important to have a championship awarded. Mm-hmm. The last thing we want is to have no championship awarded because of a situation that's out of their control. And I think that's just unfair to the fans because I think all these fans deserve to have some sort of a uh, entertainment that just helps them uh, get over the. Uh, this, uh, just the unfortunate circumstances that have been placed upon us. And I think that that's one way you can do that, by having sports back. And I can't wait for that day to come. Who knows when that is? Of course. Um, so, I mean, 
with that, I think we'll, we'll take a quick break and we'll end it off on a better note. I have, I have some uh, interesting sports facts that we can talk about and kind of close out this episode. I know it's a shorter episode. Uh, we will keep the ideas churning, I guess. Yeah, of course. So we'll just take a quick break. to kind of just have a little fun here of course uh we're kind of thinning with uh, the amount of sports content we could talk about but i want to talk about i know we used to do uh trivia but instead of just doing trivia i have a few funny nhl stories we could just talk about yeah and before you start just to, to let the audience know trivia hasn't uh, gone away we will bring it back soon we'll bring it back i have to dig for some questions and things like that and actually what i was thinking is uh tweet us and uh let us know if you want to possibly call us call in to the show and uh, i was thinking uh maybe mm-hmm. michael you're definitely 100 times better than me at nhl trivia um go up against uh yeah someone from twitter maybe uh, over the phone nice. that would be that would be pretty pretty fun and see if you can you know beat a fellow hockey fan yeah um but yeah so uh, I, I have a feeling. <laughs> I have a course. feeling. I have a feeling you'll probably know some of these stories, but I just want to talk about them on the podcast, anyways. Thought they would be pretty cool to talk about. It's hockey, and I have a one basketball. I have one basketball fact as well. Um, did you know that the Buffalo Sabers drafted a ma- a player that didn't exist? Yes, I did. Of course, and it's did. a really cool story. But I would love for you to hear it. It is a it is a cool again. story. So. Uh, I mean the the player's name was Taro Sujimoto, and he played for the uh, Japanese Hockey League. I believe it was called, and uh, basically he was drafted in 1974, 183rd overall by the Sabers, of course. Um, and uh, basically, the uh, Sabers general manager at the time was Punch Imlac, and. Uh, He'd apparently gotten bored. Back then, the, the 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 draft would go like what, like eleven, twelve rounds. So he was so bored by like the eleventh round of the draft that he decided just to make up a player and select him because he he felt this is what I read that he felt that you know these players in the later rounds aren't going to play for the team in the end anyways. So he kind of just decided it's fine if he just throws that pick away. So he went up there and he drafted a make-believe player. And then uh, he finally confessed uh, before training camp, though, that it was all, you know, made up. Yeah. Could you imagine if someone did that, that now? Uh, Go on, sorry. Could you imagine if someone did that now? <laughs> um. Well, NHL drafts are not as long as they used to be, so I don't think that something like this is going to be happening anytime soon. Although, one situation where a draft pick just disappeared into thin air was in 2011 when New Jersey signed uh, Ilya Kovalchuk to that 15-year contract extension. They had to forfeit picks for that, right? Part of the punishment. Yeah, they forfeited picks. So 
the Devils did not have a first round pick, I believe, in 2011. Uh, no way. 2011. But I think it was something like. I know in 2012 or something like that, they lost out on something. I can't remember the exact uh, situation exactly because. I know in 2011 they they picked for, they picked like fifth overall or something like that, but their future stocks were uh, very impacted, and I feel like that had a long lasting impact on their team's development because look at where the team's at now and how much would have helped them if they still had that pick. Could we say that's one of the worst, if not the worst, contract in NHL history, given the implications and the repercussions that happened because of it? Um. I guess in just in terms of uh, like if we're talking about the contract itself, I wouldn't say it's bad. The worst uh, yeah. one has to be the Rick DiPietro run. Oh yeah, like I'm talking about oh the Rick DiPietro Di one for sure. I'd put Kovalchuk up there, given the fact that he just you know he went to the KHL like um, just kind of walked away from the contract, and they also had to of course give up draft picks, things like that, and now. Like, they ended up not, like, how how many years of that contract did he really play out with them? You know? Yeah. And how, like, that, it's it's definitely heartbreaking for Devils fans because here's a player that did play well and, like, he was part of that uh, team that made all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals in 2012. But then, I don't know what, what caused, uh, motivated him to leave the, the Devils, but it's just, it just really... I understand why Devils fans have a strong distaste for Ilya Kovalchuk because, like, all this happens, uh, that, that huge contract is signed, and then he just leaves before it's even halfway done. Yeah, I feel like almost, like, players or teams should be almost insured when they sign that contract that a player can't just leave like that. Mm-hmm. But, it's a yeah, good it's... thing, though, that uh, you can't sign players for more than eight years. For sure. It's interesting, though. Um... Here's a basketball, uh, pretty crazy fact here. Um, this one's about Dirk Nowitzki, who's one of my favorite basketball players of all time. Um, mm-hmm. Did you know that over a seven-year period between 2005 and 2011, Dirk Nowitzki had only one teammate make the all-star team, right? Um, really? Yeah. And uh, during the seven-year period, Dallas averaged 57 wins a season, made the finals twice, and won a title. And I'm not huh. counting I'm not counting injury replacements for all the All-Star game because I believe Josh Howard and Jason Kidd both were an injury replacement twice, but that's that that means they didn't make the initial cuff for the All-Star game. So that's why I'm not counting it, but Jason Kidd was an All-Star, I believe 2008, and that's the only time that a real All-Star was uh, yeah, one of Dirk's teammates during that period was an, uh, an all-star. And yeah, they still dominate. They made the finals twice and they won the title in 2011. That's very interesting. And just goes to really show you uh, like how how unique of a career Dirk Nowitzki had in Dallas. Like, It's not often anymore you're going to see a player stick with one team his entire career, especially with all these players uh, being in control of where they want to go. It's uh, it's 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 an interesting story, and especially with the circumstances that you brought up. I don't think you're ever going to see anything like that ever happen again. And it's interesting because, I mean, especially now more than anything, we're kind of living in the era of not even just super teams, but super duos now. But the fact that even LeBron James couldn't carry 
necessarily carry a team to a championship. Um, and I wouldn't say Dirk Nowitzki carried, but the fact that he didn't have a sidekick, everyone says like every, you know, a superstar needs his sidekick, like LeBron James needed uh, Anthony Davis, not to put down any of the superstars today or LeBron James or anything, but I'm just saying it's crazy that Dirk Nowitzki was able to, I guess, dominate like that in Dallas without, you know, another superstar, let alone just a star teammate. Yeah. But I know for a brief period at Steve Nash, and that's probably the only time he actually had a legitimate star player playing alongside of him. Oh, and yeah. just think that uh, since since he left to, to when he retired, it wasn't really there wasn't really much. And this was before. I mean, this is after Steve Nash had already left, though. Um, this was they made yeah, the, they exactly. made the finals without him in 2006, and they won the championship 2011. And I have to say, let's remember the championship they won was against the big three Miami Heat. So, yeah, it's impressive stuff. For sure. Now, uh, did you know that the San Jose Sharks were almost named the Rubber Puckies? That I did not know. <laughs> so, I don't know why, but basically when San Jose got their expansion team for the 91-92 season, team owners... Of course, like every team had to name the team contest. But what they did was instead of just including fans in the Bay Area, they opened submissions to everyone, like everywhere in Canada, in different states, in different countries, basically. And uh, they basically got a whole bunch of random names. And the finalists included, of course, the Sharks, the Blades. They could have been the San Jose Blades as well. The Salty Dogs, the Screaming Squids, and the Rubber Puckies. And the Rubber Puckies is probably one of the worst of those finalists. <laughs> but, yeah, they, they ended up choosing the Sharks, which is honestly the best best name that they could have went with. Yeah, exactly. I think just given the circumstances, like probably best that they went with that one. I mean, obviously now we, we're so familiar with that Sharks name, it's, it's it sounds great. And it's hard to think of any other name. But, I mean, at the time... They, they're, it's one of those suggestions that somehow makes it to the final, to the, to the final rounds. Uh, I'm just glad that that wasn't the one they went with. That's for sure. San Jose Sharks are is just, it's just a name that like rolls off your tongue nicely. Yeah. Like I like it. Uh, and their jerseys. Oh, yeah, I need, and I need those kill jerseys. jerseys. The old ones, especially with the little silver lining and things like that. I love those ones. Mm-hmm. The jerseys. They're actually are one of my favorite old school ones. A hundred percent. I, I want one. I'll have to look into that. Who would you want on it if you did get your hands on it? I don't know. Honestly, maybe Patty Marlowe probably. Ooh. Just because of the, the Leafs connection. You know, we learned to love him here in Toronto as well. And oh, of course. He, he is Mr. San Jose. He's Agreed. He's the Kyle Lowry of the San Jose Sharks. Absolutely, man. Of I course. totally agree. What, who would you get? Um... That's a tough one. Um, I have like I know Joe Thornton didn't wear the jersey when it was the most active, but I have to say he'd be one of those players that I would want wearing those jerseys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think uh, there those two will probably go down as the two greatest San Jose Sharks to ever play. Hundred percent. And then uh, I don't know if you know this one. I found this funny. Um, 
Did you know that Florida tried to draft Ovechkin a year early? I feel like I've heard this story, but continue. It's funny. So it's funny. So we all know that Ovechkin was four days late of being eligible for the 2003 NHL draft. Um, and basically because he, he has a September birthday and usually the cutoff date is mid-September every year. That's how the Toronto Maple Leafs landed uh, Austin Matthews. So Yeah, thank God for that. <laughs> so uh, basically the Florida Panthers general manager at the time was Rick Dudley. And let's not forget that Florida had the first overall pick in 2003 and they ended up trading that to Pittsburgh um, who ultimately selected Marc-Andre Fleury. But everyone knew at the time that Alex Ovechkin would have been the first pick if he had been eligible for 2003. So apparently Rick Dudley, the Panthers GM, attempted in four different rounds to draft Ovechkin. And his argument was that if you count leap year dates and you took those out of the equation, that would eliminate the four days that would make Ovechkin (laughs) eligible. (laughs) <laughs> and they oh, actually man. they actually tried really hard to you know push this uh argument and the, the nhl rejected them but apparently the league did comply with their request to make the final i guess the final proposal in writing so that if they ever do um if they ever do claim that the panthers were in the right they can that the panthers could claim put a claim on ovechkin basically if if the rules changed. Yeah, if the rules changed and they took out leap year dates. Um, so are you saying that there's a possibility still that Ovechkin could end his career? I, I think, <laughs> if I'm reading this correctly, I don't know if it means like, I don't know, this happened in 2003, so I don't know if this meant, you know, they can... Cl- put a claim on Ovechkin until the draft or if they can put a claim on him for the rest of his career I don't know but can you imagine that (laughs) can you imagine if they just change that and then the Florida Panthers like wait this means we can have Alex Ovechkin I mean well considering everything that's happened since then I think the Florida Panthers would wish the NHL changed the rules because how different would their stock be compared and compare that to the uh, Washington Capitals like that's huge, huge. That is uh, huge. Even at this age, that's huge. Yeah. Like, so what would happen then? About... Would the Capitals just lose Ovechkin? They just wouldn't get a draft pick at all then? <laughs> There's a possibility that uh, the Washington Capitals would have Evgeny Malkin instead of uh, Ovechkin. See, then, then you have to... That's if you think about like pushing the entire draft back. But yeah, you have a point. If, if it worked... And let's say the Panthers did claim him before 2004. And then the Capitals would have Evgeny Malkin. Who, who would the Penguins have? Who went third that year? Was it, um, uh, it was a defenseman? It's not, his name's not coming off. He's not, he's, um, I'm going to look this up right now. Right Hang now. on. I know who it is. Was Ooh. it not Barker? Was it not uh, it Cam, Cam Barker? Barker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of the biggest uh, busts. Oh, oh man. That sucks. The Penguins would add Cam Barker. 
that's a, a pretty rough uh, downgrade for them. That was that was a pretty weak draft. I'm just looking at it right now. There were there were good gems, but not nothing like crazy superstars. You had the two superstars up at the top, and then it just really falls off. Really, I I think it's possible though that they don't take Cam Barker and they actually just uh, take a take a flyer on uh, Blake Wheeler if that's what ha- if that's what the situation that happened. So, I mean, yeah, Ovechkin in Florida, Malkin in uh, Washington. And then uh, Blake Wheeler in Pittsburgh, potentially. I mean, that's. I wonder how it would have been in 2004, though, and how the scouting was back then. But I know in hindsight, we would say, yeah, if we were doing a redraft, Wheeler would definitely go third. Yeah, for sure. He was definitely one of the best players that came out of that draft. And it's not even close. Like, I'm just scrolling through very quickly Devin all the other oh, players that were. Pecorine was in that draft. But I don't think he'd go third, though. I'd he probably, he'd probably go, like, fourth or fifth. Yeah, he would. Who would you put fourth? That's what I'm saying. I'd probably put him. Pecorino would probably go fourth. Fourth. For me. Okay. I'd, yeah, I'd probably do Pecorino and then... I don't know. I'd probably take Mike Green over Devin Dubnik. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. Long And uh, for, if we're doing this, uh, this, this uh, in 2013... Kent Korshnari would probably be in the top five, but now I don't think so. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm just, he just his name is here because he has that, uh, of course, that All Star distinction. But that was how long ago? Years, years. <laughs> but <laughs> those are all the stories I have so far. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna prepare some some more for next episode for sure. Let's let's make this a thing because I enjoy this because it in, 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 uh, engages in good discussion. It's so, fun. guys, if to the listeners out there that are listening, uh, if you guys have any uh, stories that you want us to talk about, uh, please send them to us, uh, bring them to our attention. Crazy, uh, crazy hockey facts or, or basketball facts or any sports, baseball, football, anything. Like I don't even care if it's like a crazy golf story, something that's that's funny and interesting. But uh, yeah. I mean, did we just lose Michael? Michael, either. Okay. <laughs> so uh, sorry. Oh, oh, there you are. I was just about to take another break, but thankfully <laughs> there. <laughs> it's like yeah. when you lose signal. I don't know exactly what to do if I should throw it to break or not. But, just keep uh, talking. We were gonna we were gonna close this out anyways. I think uh, so. Yeah, I mean, this was episode 18. I know we had we ran into a few technical issues here and there, but we're still getting used to this. Still uh, still grinding away. We're still uh, making this thing work. Uh, we're going to find a way to make this thing work out for you guys because we want you guys to hear nothing but the best from us. And we're hoping you're enjoying the, the podcast just as much as we are making them. Oh, of course. Um, and we are going to, of course, next week, hopefully um, have some more again some more trivia some more stories uh tweet them in if you have and tweet us any questions you might have that you want us to answer on the uh next episode and uh follow, follow us on uh so on twitter if you haven't done so already mine is of course at the leafs imo and for matthew mine is uh at matt underscore rodrigo underscore and i think that's going to be all she wrote for episode 18 thanks that's to everyone for listening thanks for listening uh we'll catch you guys next time Bye-bye.